Hey, friends and fam, it's John. It's time for the J Mark cast for Monday, September 12th. What's going on? How are you? I hope you've had a good week. I've had a decent one, a little bit tough with my youngest daughter teething and doing a lot of crying and complaining about the fact that she's teething. I've had to deal with a lot of that, some wake ups during the night. So, a little bit of a difficult week, but we're getting through it. Just reminding myself to take my own advice, which is to keep in mind that this too shall pass. This is a hard piece of advice to take on yourself. It's easy to give, but you know, the kids, they just get you. They make you forget, you know, because that it will pass. But that moment, while it's there, it feels like it's there forever. <laughs> so yeah, that's been my week. Um, what else has gone on this week? Oh yeah, last week I mentioned that I was going to go to the Cherry Beach like music festival thing happening on Monday with the family and we were able to successfully actually go and stay there for a decent amount of time. We were there from like about 3 to 6, maybe 6.30 we extended it to, so a long period of time with two kids, like one three and one three years old and one, you know, nine, ten months old, so... It was a good time. My three-year-old really enjoyed it. He was having a blast just going on my shoulders and getting right up to the front of the stage, right where where the big speakers are, and having the music blasted in his face. Had a great time. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think we're going to go back next year, back to Promise Cherry Beach. That's what it's called, Promise Festival, something like that, on Cherry Beach. Oh, yeah, and on Friday, I was supposed to go with my wife to another uh, music show, uh, to see this uh, Swedish DJ named Eric Prids. It's going to be a great show. I've seen him many times. I was looking, really looking forward to it. This was kind of, this was kind of like a birthday present, but uh, ended up getting canceled last minute. So that was a little bit sad, a little disappointed, but whatever. We're over it. All good. But yeah, I was a bit busy this weekend on Sunday, uh, taking care of the kids by myself. And so I didn't have a chance to record the podcast and have it released by um, early morning Monday, which means that I have to record it <laughs> late morning Monday now and have it out by the end of the day. And I didn't get a chance to go to jujitsu yesterday because I was busy. So yeah, missed out a little bit, but all good. Well, didn't really miss out because, you know, got to spend time with the kids, but didn't get to do some of the things that I normally get to do over the weekends. But I got the time now, so it's all good. Did you guys um, hear how uh, this conservative politician, his name's Pierre Polyev, he won the um, conservative leadership pretty handily too. I think he had something like 70% of the support, so that's pretty incredible. Likely he's going to be the next prime minister of Canada, given how I think disliked Trudeau is at this point. He's made everybody pretty much upset, so people are going to vote him out, vote conservative. And this guy seems to be the guy. I don't know. Like, he seems to be saying all the right things. He seems to be pro-Bitcoin too, which is interesting. Although he did say he wants to make Canada the blockchain capital of of the world, which I highly criticized and was like, that's BS. Like, uh, first of all, like, Bitcoin is actually the only use case for blockchains that has been shown to have any value. We don't need to make Canada a blockchain capital of the world just the Bitcoin capital is enough. But either way, people seem to like this uh, Pierre Polyev guy. I mean, he does tell a lot of truths. He does sp- speak plainly and like 
in a way that people can understand and talks about like how there's been an insane amount of money printing, devaluing of our currency, and kind of spelling it out for people what's been going on the last two years, two plus years. So there's good in him. I don't know if I'm going to vote for him, to be honest, though, because like where was he during the lockdowns and all the garbage like passport? Like he didn't he wasn't against all that. At least he didn't speak out loudly enough. The person who was speaking out against that very loudly was Maxine Bernier. He's the leader of the People's Party of Canada, PPC. Like, and that's like a party with, it's like the Green Party. It's a small party with like no seats, a lot of votes, but no seats. I don't know. Maybe I'll just waste my vote on that because I don't actually even believe in voting through actual voting. I just believe in voting through putting your money, putting your what you believe in and that's what I've been saying that's why I started this podcast just talking about Bitcoin and to let people know that that I'm putting my money where my mouth is and I'm learning about Bitcoin and I'm um, yeah investing and saving in Bitcoin there's no point in saving in fiat in dollars at the end of the day like we've been conditioned to think that this paper money is real money but like the supply of it is infinitely growing over and over again over and over again over and over again there's no supply cap i don't know how people think that that's acceptable but even like they've convinced people that two percent inflation is is okay it's good but like even with just two percent inflation in 30 years you've lost half your wealth in another 30 years you only have a quarter left like imagine someone's working from their sorry my voice cracked there imagine someone's working from their late teens for 60 years and all the money that they've earned they don't invest any of it they just simply save that money but in those 60 years whatever they've saved up from the beginning all that money is like lost three quarters of its purchasing power like how is that even acceptable it's just stealing. It's theft, right? Like printing money is legal counterfeiting, right? You and I can't just print money. We can't just make money out of thin air. Just be like, all right, well, we're just going to like, why? Right? It's pretty obvious why, right? If just anybody had the power to make money out of thin air, like people would abuse that. But like these special individuals, these central bankers, they get to have the power to decide when we can make money out of thin air and when not it's a little bit more complicated than that it's not just essential bankers it's banks themselves actually banks themselves are the ones that mainly get to um, create money out of thin air when they give out loans for people to buy houses and such but the central banks are involved in making sure that they save these banks when they give out bad loans <sighs> yeah and now of course it's not even two percent now we're up in the high single digits although it's still a bs number because in reality it's double digits they're just like the way they're calculating it the measurement the formula is constantly being changed to make the number seem smaller to not scare people as much but ultimately we're, we're living in a time where the work that you do the value that you accumulate through that work just gets devalued whether you like it or not you don't have a choice and then you're forced to whatever value you have, immediately spend it on something that you think might keep its, you know, purchasing power, keep its value better 
than just fiat dollars. And so everyone has to, on top of the thing that they're doing to work, they also have to now become an investor. They have to start learning how to put your money into certain things, stocks, bonds, whatever. You have to learn. You put yourself outer on, uh, 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 you, you put yourself on the outer risk curve by the fact that the money that you're saving is losing so much pur- purchasing power, you're just going to become destitute. You're not going to be able to afford just basic life needs with the money you're saving. So you have to invest. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to move on now. There is a picture of Adele, you know, the Adele, the famous singer. And you guys know how she used to be overweight and then she lost a bunch of weight. And then there's a picture from this uh, news article in in the UK, I think it's called The Telegraph. And this is an old picture from May 6, 2020 where it's a picture of Adele looking like she's lost a lot of weight. She looks skinny, not overly skinny. Her legs still look like normal, like they don't look super skinny at all. She just looks really good. And the title of this article from The Telegraph is Why the photo of a new, slimmer Adele makes women like me feel uncomfortable. (laughs) It's just, I didn't read the actual article. I just saw the title and the picture of like a slim Adele and it was just like, so funny to me it's like well maybe because it reminds you that weight loss goals are not actually insurmountable that people can achieve them and it makes you feel bad for not achieving better results like Adele has done even though you probably don't have as difficult of a schedule as Adele does I bet Adele has a lot more things that she actually has to do that get in the way of her like you know having to train or having to watch her diet but i bet this person whoever is the uh author of this article doesn't have nearly the same level of commitments that adele does and could spend more of her time actually trying to lose weight and get healthy but isn't doing that and feeling bad about it and making i don't know putting the blame on adele for adele having achieved her weight loss goals making her feel uncomfortable like get out of here Get the hell out of here. This should be celebrated, okay? The person who did all that hard work and achieved something so incredible, such a beautiful transformation, they should be celebrated and they should be put up as an example for everybody else who has similar, you know, wants, goals, dreams, whatever they may be, to to put hard work in and to try to do that. Like anything other than that just makes zero sense to me. Anyway, moving on. So we're pretty much midway through September at this point, almost there, which means October's coming up and which means I'm probably going to be doing Sober October again. Um, If anyone doesn't know, uh, I've been doing Sober October for like the last three or four years. I've kind of lost count at this point. But essentially the point, the premise is that for the month of October, I do not drink or consume substances that make me inebriated. I will also, in addition to the sobriety challenge, will have a physical challenge. I want to have one physical challenge that is going to be something that I do every day for the month of October. So I'll have one habit that I'm taking away by not consuming. And then I want to add a habit that I do every day for the month. And then I want to have one personal physical challenge which I've decided is going to be a 
Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tournament that I'm going to enter. It's a small one that my gym's going to be hosting for just its members. So I'm going to be uh, entering that, and it's going to be right on the first of October. And we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Definitely report back and let everyone know how I do. So that's my plan for Sober October. If anyone's interested in joining me, feel free to write in and uh, let me know. You can send a an email to newsletter at jmartfit.com. You can also just uh, reach out to me on the social medias, reach out on Facebook, um, Jmart Moves on there, Instagram, jmartfit, Twitter, jmartfit. Let me know what you're giving up, what substance. It doesn't have to be alcohol. It could be anything else, maybe coffee, maybe whatever. Maybe it could just be a specific junk food that you want to give up for the month. doesn't matter. Or maybe you just want to decrease by a certain amount. It doesn't have to be complete sobriety. It's up to you. You decide. I haven't decided what my physical challenge is going to be, my daily physical challenge. In previous years, I've done like a one minute per day hanging minimum where every day I hang at least for one minute. But I mean, I've done that before. I don't know if I should change it up. Maybe just make it longer. Not sure. If anyone's got ideas, feel free to get in touch with me and let's brainstorm together. All right, plowing on ahead. Um, there was a tweet earlier this week where someone was talking about Liver King. I don't know if you've come across Liver King on social media, but he's like this hilarious caricature on the internet who promotes liver consumption. And this guy's like got a huge bushy beard and he's jacked to all hell and he's probably done steroids to get this jacked although he claims he's not on steroids he's not on steroids that he's gotten this way this big through eating um, liver and living through some of the other ancestral tenets that he likes to promote whatever I think he's probably done steroids to look like that but you know there's a small chance maybe he hasn't it's who am I to say I think with my kind of (laughs) experience most likely that's there's something going on there but if he says he's not in some of the things, other things he's saying seem like he's not like a liar type of person, then I would give him the benefit of the doubt. Although most likely it is testosterone or maybe not testosterone. I don't know what it is. It's something. But this guy was saying, you know, people may want to bash liver king, but liver is actually king. And he says it's highly anabolic. It's rich in vitamin Bs and it's loaded with copper. All true. And then somebody had responded to this saying that liver and onions is the cheapest, tastiest superfood you can enjoy with simple cooking. And uh, somebody responded to that saying onions are just for flavor or do they have other notable benefits? And then when I saw that, I quickly responded with quercetin. Quercetin is this um, um, supplement that's become quite popular since uh, the pandemic because it was one of the... um, what do you call them, supplements that uh, people were suggesting could be beneficial to take in the treatment of COVID because quercetin is a zinc ionophore. And what that means is that it is helpful at letting zinc cross membranes. And why that's important is zinc's been shown to um, stop, I think, RNA replication of uh, mRNA from viruses and so zinc in addition with kerstin would be a plausible treatment early on for someone who hasn't had a lot of 
viral replication and a an increase in viral load that you know their immune system might be able to handle so there you go uh, liver is good for a variety of reasons and then you combine it with onions for the flavor component but also because onions are really good for you too because they got that quercetin in there hope i'm saying that right <laughs> what else um there's this cool video actually i saw it's got like nearly five million views now that i'm checking back on it it's like these schoolyard kids one's big one's about the same size but a bit smaller and the smaller kid like they're kind of shoving each other it starts off and then immediately the bigger one just takes a sucker punch at the smaller one and just hit, hits him straight in the jaw with a hook and like the smaller kid takes it really well but and he doesn't back off and he comes back at him and he feints a, a jab and goes for a, a double leg takedown and brings this bigger kid down and immediately just moves out to the side control and starts um uh, basically doing jujitsu control over this guy and eventually mounts him and on the way to mount he ground and pounds him and punches him in the face a couple of times and then eventually from the mount position this kid tries to get off and he just doesn't know what's going on he's like completely lost he's like get off of me blah 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 and eventually he gives up his back and the kid does a rear naked choke to him and and then um I think some at the at near the end of the video I think some like teachers or something come come by and he lets go but like ah oh, that video seemed so it felt so good to watch it i love like a good justice video where like um because it, it's at least i don't like i don't know for sure exactly what was going on and it's just very satisfying to see like a small skilled opponent take down a large one and hopefully this was like actually because there was some bad bullying going on from the big kid but it was it was just awesome to see and then <laughs> i made my kid watch it and be like see bennett like if someone's bullying you you'd never let them never back down you just we're gonna learn some jujitsu so that you know exactly what to do like this kid and i don't know if he really got what i was talking about but he seemed totally into it he was like definitely enjoying watching the fight <laughs> all right a quick little bitcoin update and done for the day so Bitcoin wise, we're looking at block height 753,812. One Bitcoin is trading for just above 22,000 US dollars. One US cuckbuck will buy you 4,533 Satoshis. Remember, Satoshis are the smallest subunit of Bitcoin. One Bitcoin can be subdivided into 100 million Satoshis. If you want to buy Bitcoin and you live in Canada, I suggest you use ShakePay. ShakePay is a Canadian exchange. They do need to know their customers, so you do have to provide some personal information in order to use their services. There are other ways of getting Bitcoin that don't require that, but if you don't mind giving up some personal information, ShakePay is a good way to get your hands on some Bitcoin. And I've got a referral link at the description of this podcast if you want to check it out. I think if you use a referral link, then... After the first $100 you spend, you get $30 as a reward. Today, I wanted to share a interesting article that I came across on Reddit where someone was asking a really good question and then there was a really good answer for it. So I thought it would be helpful to share it and talk about it on here. And so the question is about how transactions get added into blocks. So quick reminder, part of what Bitcoin is, is this blockchain. And what a blockchain is, is basically a like a book basically and each new page in a book is a new block 
And the thing about this book is there every 10 minutes, there are new pages being added to it. And each page or block contains the new transactions that people want to make using their Bitcoin. So if you want to spend some Bitcoin on an object that you want to buy, then you would create a transaction and send that out over the internet to all the nodes that are connected on the Bitcoin network. And eventually that new transaction would get sent to a minor node who would then try to add it to the newest block on the blockchain, which gets added every 10 minutes. All right, so here's the question. This person asks, I'm currently learning about the details of how Bitcoin works. There's a couple of things I'm uncertain of and wanted to ask, I want to ask them here. Firstly, when exactly is a transaction actually verified and valid and traceable? Is it when a majority of nodes verify its validity or when a miner puts it in the block? Also, does the miner also verify each transaction he puts into a block? And secondly, let's say if I have one Bitcoin in my wallet and decide to make two almost simultaneous transactions, each one using one Bitcoin. If a transaction is only valid and traceable if it makes it on a block, then what happens if both transactions make it on the block? I don't quite get the concept. Okay, so I think what this person is asking is, how is it that you can actually avoid the double spend problem with Bitcoin, right? If something's digital, how are you able to prevent people from copying something digital and using it multiple times, right? Like that's the whole holy grail of like how to overcome this issue. Like that's the whole point of like why we Bitcoiners don't like fiat money is that it's infinitely increased in supply, right? There's legal counterfeiting by central banks that's happening all the time. And we the whole point of Bitcoin is you can't do that. There's a cap supply of 21 million and there's never going to be more. So how is it that you can have some Bitcoin and only spend it once and not spend it multiple times. So let's go through. The first one was like, who exactly actually verifies the transaction? And so here's an answer. A transaction is verified by each node that receives it to check that it's valid. If it's not valid, then they simply reject it. But if it is valid, then they add it to their memory pool and relay it to other nodes. Okay, so let me break that down a little bit. So let's say we have a mobile phone with some so with software wallet that lets you create a transaction. Then what you have to do with that software is you have to send that transaction to a node that the wallet is connected to. Once that transaction is sent to that node, the node will follow all the consensus rules of Bitcoin and make sure that those are all followed making the transaction valid. Once it has confirmed that, then it adds that transaction to what's called a memory pool, not the block yet, not the blockchain, I mean, but a memory pool. And then it also passes on the transaction like a message to the next node that it might be connected to. So eventually all the nodes connected on the network will get this new transaction and make sure and they will all check the validity, the validity of the transaction. Now, if a transaction is in the memory pool, you can search for it on your own node or on a public node that has a blockchain explorer. However, the memory pool is only temporary memory. A transaction will only be stored permanently when it makes its way into the blockchain, but not when it's in the mempool or the memory pool. So eventually as these nodes are passing the transaction around from one node to, to the next, it will reach a miner 
a miner will a miner will also verify each transaction that they receive because they will not want to try and mine an invalid transaction. And this is due to the fact that if there's even one single transaction in the whole block, the whole block is invalid. So other nodes will reject that block and they won't be able to receive the block reward. And this is an important thing. The block reward is the reward that gets given to every miner every time they add a new block to the blockchain or mine it, so to speak. So they're incentivized to make sure that the block that they mine is 100% correct with all the transactions fully valid. Okay, so that's the answer to who validates and makes sure all the transactions are correct before going onto the blockchain. And then how do you actually prevent the double spend issue? Well, if you make two transactions at the same time, the nodes will reject the second transaction that they receive because it'll conflict with the first transaction, which is already in their mempool. Now, interestingly, some nodes will have received the first transaction first and some will have received the second transaction first. So both will exist in mempools across the network. You know, so, so, so some memory pools are different from other memory pools uh, depending on, on the node. And this conflict is eventually going to get resolved when a miner mines a block with one of these transactions in the block. As soon as that happens, then the one that gets mined, that transaction will take precedence over the transaction in the mempool so that as soon as the mine block gets transmitted to the nodes and the nodes receive it, then they see this precedence taking over, then they will kick out the conflicting transaction from their memory pool. So the mining is the mechanism of sorting out conflicting transactions on the network. Mining is such a, I don't know, rabbit hole to go down and discover all these things. It's quite interesting. I'll definitely have some more people maybe and ask them about talk to talk about mining and get more well-versed in it. But with all that, I'm approaching nearly a half hour. Going to go a little bit short of that today. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Thank you for encouraging me, sending me positive messages, any comments, uh, any likes, anything like that, sharing the the podcast with friends and family and also giving it a five-star rating all that is very nice and thankful and it's appreciated every single thing that you do with all that said have a great week i'll see you next monday stay active be grateful jmart out